0: Hello and thank you for joining us. This is Brian, your host of the Parish the Thought Show. The opinions of said host and our guests have not been sanitized or scientifically tested, so please consume at your own risk. Ladies and gentlemen, and whoever else is listening, welcome back to the program. When God gives you a gift, he wraps it up in a problem. The bigger the gift, the bigger the problem. My next guest is Jedediah Beckstead, and he is with us today to talk about how on a random spring day in March of 2015, his life changed forever. While doing a front somersault jump onto a trampoline, a move done hundreds of times before, he fell on his head and suffered a life-altering injury that left him a quadriplegic. As Jed puts it, God sat him down in order to teach him to stand tall. start start going. So, thank you Jed for joining me today. Thanks, Brad. Um you had some life happen to you back in 2015 and uh I yes, want to sir. I want I want to hear your story. We want to hear your story. Um so just give us a little uh, you know a little nutshell roughly the you know what what's going on and
1: all right, man. Well, yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. This is a this is a lot of fun. Um, first podcast ever, so this will be cool too um, to be involved in it. So I've um, always been interested in this and never done much with the stuff. So I'm I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Um, yeah, 2015 um, was a pretty eventful year for me. March 29, 2015, normal um, day. It was a Sunday. I remember the day like it was yesterday, I remember looking out the window of my house towards the uh, mountains that are facing the east, and the sun was just coming up, it was early in the morning, uh, and it was just, it almost was like the crystals in the air were standing still, it was such, such a warm, beautiful spring day, Um, it wasn't even spring, you know, it was March, end of March, and so it's just a beautiful day, and just everything, just, there was a peace there that you can't, I can't discuss it was so calm that whole morning and Tracy and I were just kind of talking in the morning I got up and was getting ready for for some meetings and uh grabbed my two girls and two oldest girls which was at the time they were oldest at six and nine years old and I said let's run out the, you know round door let's go jump on the tramp and uh round door and went jump on the tramp and I grabbed it and went to do a somersault and my shoulder gave out I mean who hasn't done a somersault on a tramp that's I mean, how you
0: yeah that's how you jump on a tramp you do that front head flip into the
1: yeah know. exactly exactly everybody does that every every kid does that unless they have the nets up which is a good thing i think now but uh yeah. um you know i i went and grabbed it and did just did the typical flip and got up and, like got vertical and then just shoulder gave out and i dropped like three feet i mean it was was stupid stupid distance like just the height of a tramp was about the height of where my head was and hit the ground and just instant little jolt ping and next thing you know i'm like laying on my back and all i could do is wave my hands a little bit side to side and um i felt a little lump i was really really hard to breathe i remember that i just told my girls i'm like I looked at them and the one my one daughter was right there, Ava, and then Brianna was right behind her and I just looked at Ava and I said, grab her phone, grab, go call my number one and call mom. You know, she's six and so she runs in the house screaming and then my other daughter, I'm like, same thing, grab her phone, call my number one. And um, then they came out to me, immediately Tracy's yelling at me, and I'm underneath the tramp and I'm like, hey, she's on the phone with dispatch and I'm like, can you I says, can you hear me and, or can, uh, I can, I said, are my legs up? You know, are my legs up? And she said, no. And I, and I thought for sure I was just laying on the ground with my legs up and my back was hurt a little bit. And I looked at her and I said, I'm paralyzed. And uh, she started screaming. And right then they, 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 they uh, about that time the officer showed up. I mean, it was really quick. I mean, they were, they must've been just right there because they were there within about two or three minutes of after being on the phone and then within 10 minutes life flight landed in the backyard. Um, they threw, threw me in an ambulance. And then I was on a trip to the university of Utah hospital where I spent three, two and a half months in, 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 in care intensive care recovery, and then an outpatient after that.
0: So, so, so what, when that first happened and you hit the ground, what's going through your mind?
1: Oh, man, you you don't know. I mean, I was really hard to breathe. And the first thing that went through my mind is honestly some of my uh, safety training. Um, I've been, have had a lot of training certifications with OSHA and MSHA trainings. I've worked in the mines and a lot of industrial stuff. And so I really, for some reason, I mean, it just went calm. I went really calm. I knew that there was something seriously, I was seriously injured. And so, knowing like in those situations, like I got, I had to like completely stabilize to keep my, me or my family even in check. Um, so, I went really calm. And then the first thing I thought in my head was, <laughs> it was honestly it was the very first thing that came to my head was a, was a quote for, as I was laying there for about you know 20 seconds where the kids were running in the house, grabbing Tracy by myself. I was just kind of sat there for a moment and thought, um, you know, one of my favorite quotes. And it's, uh, when God gives you a gift, he wraps it up in a problem, the bigger the God gift, the bigger the gift God has for you, the bigger the problem. And I was laying there thinking, man, you're going to owe me big for this one, buddy. Cause this is, this is, I don't, I don't think this is going to be very easy. Um, and lo and behold, it's, it's been above and beyond what I, what I ever thought it was going to be in, in multiple facets, you know, yeah. in good ways and bad ways, but. It's pretty uh when I had to talk about it, it's weird because it's just like that day is like I mean I can remember it perfectly, but yet it seems so long ago from from well, where it started.
0: Seven years. Yeah, that's a long well, yeah. I mean jumping forward, I want to talk more details about your process, but jumping forward, what's the gift? Or are there many? Or are you still discovering?
1: I think you know. God, never been asked that before. I don't know how to answer that. Um, There's been a lot of gifts. I've had a lot of blessings. I mean, I'm I'm still in my home. I have um, been very, very blessed and unfortunately for my LTD companies, but fortunately for me, um, I ended up with two of them because I went back to work for the same company and Anyway, I ended up with two LTD companies, very, very rare, so rare. They didn't even have it written in their policy to cancel each other out. So I lucked out on that one.
0: What's um, an LTD company?
1: Long-term disability. Oh, okay. You don't ever want to really know that term that well. So if you, if you do, then we can sit down and talk, but long-term, long-term disability. Um, and so we've been really blessed. I mean, so there's been blessings there, but then on the, the, the hard side of it, too, is it's it's hard to see the blessings. Um, I have a lot of pain, a, a tremendous amount of pain I deal with daily. Um, right now, I'm sitting here almost like it just, I, I am on fire. It literally set, feels like if I explain it to anybody, it's like, go jump in the snow or be, get freezing cold and then go jump in a hot tub. And Anybody that's done that knows how bad that just, how much that just burns, you know, that first you jump in kind of fun stupid kids you do it but that's what i live in on day-to-day basis um and when storm front stuff comes through and the weather changes it impacts it the worst and i've traveled all over the country trying to find different areas from you know georgia to uh, phoenix to you know, Las Vegas, to uh, even North, you know, far, far up North and Washington, just everywhere I could find to find areas where my body wasn't affected. And, um, I, it's been kind of defeating, but I haven't really found anything to get away from, you know, the only thing is the heat makes it a little more comfortable, but it doesn't help with the pain. And so the pain has been a major challenge in all of this. Um, that's, but you know, I think sometimes some of the God, some of God's gifts, we don't see. Some are waiting for us on the other side. Um, I hope, (laughs) I mean, I put, I put as much faith in that as I can. Um, Some of this stuff's pretty wearing. So, but you know, the, the gifts have come, they have come. Um, We have been, you know, my family's been well taken care of through all this. And um, even through all of the, the, you know, yeah, all of it we've been able to 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 succeed and thrive and buy a house and move on and so I have been very blessed and so you know looking back at it and kind of talking it out that was that's in some level that's the blessing my family's taking care of still I haven't you know lost my wife I'm not divorced and you know a lot of these challenges that come I was married when I had the accident so that's a positive I didn't have to go look for someone after I was paralyzed which yeah. I'm I, I don't know which is the bigger challenge but it's I would think it'd be, that's the I have enough things to deal with I don't want to have to deal with or be thinking about that so so yeah there, there's been a lot of a lot of small blessings, a lot of big blessings. I think they just uh, they continue to come and um, but as far as the entire purpose of it, I'm not 100% sure yet. Right? to be determined. <laughs> Be determined. That's a yeah. great way to put it, to be determined. I mean, we're still, uh, I'm coming out of the best phase I've been in. You know, we can talk about that little more in, in, down the road, but, uh, you know, mentally going going through this has been a roller coaster ride. I mean, it's, uh, you come in at one day and, you know, I, I mean, I, I was 5,000 miles a month on my car and then boom, I'm flat in bed and don't leave a hospital bed for three and a half months. You know, that is that that's a that's a game changer in, in personality and everything else And i mean i i don't know if i mentally i mean i think honestly it's really interesting you're you're doing this now is because um i think it's about finally my mind is caught up with my body and said look or my body is catching well, either way one of them are catching up with the other and saying hey it's time to work together because. You know, I I hit the, got out of the hospital and hit the ground, like running, no pun intended, but just kind of hit the ground running, you know, and, and was started speaking and traveling around the country. And I was like, well, I'm not going to be doing my job anymore. And, you know, you just don't think it's like life stopped in that second. It just stopped. And you don't, you don't think about like, what what would you do tomorrow if everything changed? Like you could not do your profession. You you had to turn your back on everything you knew. And the only thing you had with you was your family. What would you do tomorrow? I mean, that's kind of a hard thing to come up with, um, let alone deal with, okay, not just, hey, I can turn around and change my life, which everybody has that opportunity, right? But now I've got to reinvent myself. Everything I knew about myself is gone. Every Everything I knew about others or I thought I knew is, is, is on some level gone too, because when you go through this, you know, right. It, it like you get the first stage and like, Oh, I got this. I'm going to walk. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to hit the ground. I'm going to make this happen. And I did, I spent a lot of time in therapy and got out and was, you know, my legs did really well. I have a lot of spasticity. I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse depending on the day, I guess. Um, But I did really well pretty good recovery. I mean, pretty clean. Um, didn't have a lot of issues. Some guys spend a year in the hospital. I mean, I, I was really fortunate. So I said, I was, you know, there were blessings there. I was in and out quick and was able to get back, um, was able to get back to work. I went my the com- same company I worked for, hired me back. Um, just, uh, when was it, a few months, uh, after, uh, well a year and a half after they hired me back as a sales coach trainer and I kind of pitched them the idea and and then uh, they ran with it and I built the entire coaching and sales program sales training coaching program for 1500 boys for a large organization and uh, and that was that was awesome i I, I love doing that I love getting going and moving and then uh, and then the I think the other side of this coin that that we don't see a lot is the mental side, you know, and the the mental process. Physically, I think the recovery went pretty good. As far as my 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 neck, the all the all everywhere it was broke all that kind of stuff. The surgery went well. Everything went really good. Um, Couldn't have gone better and physical physical rehabilitation was going well all that kind of stuff. mentally mentally just I was like oh, I got this man this isn't this tough I've dealt with bipolar mental health issues my whole life and you know I've, I've struggled with that kind of stuff and and I won't go into some of my other ones but I've had some really serious mental health issues and been hospitalized a few times throughout my life and I was like ah, I've, I've got this it's nothing you know this is I can't walk that's it and I, I laugh now because I could really care less if I ever walked again. Um, the wheelchair does not define me, it doesn't confine me, it doesn't prevent me from doing the things I want to do. You know, I'm going skydiving here in a few weeks, and I'm going to go pangliding here hopefully in the next month or so when it gets a little warmer. I don't like colder weather, I don't want to be freezing. But, like, um, you know, it hasn't prevented me from, from doing the stuff we do, we still get around. Um but the the pain and the mental problems is what really has been the hardest part. And I think the mental side of it came, you know, I just chumming through it and going, making it happen, and all of a sudden it was just like I hit a wall. Um, and I've struggled with depression, but never, this was the darkest place I've ever been in in my life. And I left everybody. I mean, I left my kids, I checked out from everything my family, my, my wife, er, my, my parents. I mean, everybody that knew me a check out stopped calling my friends, gave away most of my stuff. It was like, I'm not going to be doing any hunting, fishing, or, you know, all that kind of stuff's over. And um, man, you, I just went into this, this hole that I couldn't see anywhere. I couldn't go anywhere. I didn't get out of bed. I wouldn't even get out of bed for days at a time and just lay in bed get up long enough to shower and and um you know it's just been it's really interesting they like said the podcast come out is I'm just coming out of that stage. You know, that's seven years and I went about two and a half, three years the last two and a half, probably two years. I've been in two and a half years I've been in that stage where I've been just a really dark, dark like um I don't know how where you want me to go with this. I can take it a lot of ways because I mean it was
0: your story. You want
1: me to get really straight it means straight up suicidal i mean yeah and no tell me, you tell me whatever
0: you want to talk about
1: i mean it was uh it was brutal uh you know I, I uh yeah this was the hard part this is the shit this is where everything really sucks is uh you know when you mentally realize you can't pick up your daughter your newborn daughter or now you know i'm sitting here trying to play softball with my six-year-old and I can't even throw the ball more than like 10 feet let alone if she hit it I'm gonna get drilled in the face and lose all my teeth and everything else you know and so some of those things I mean those are just minute examples but things you just realize like you know trying to pick up the house for my wife you know she's working now and I'm home Trying to pick up the house like it'll take me hours to do stuff that literally someone can walk in in like 10 minutes and do on their own and so coming to grips with being one of those people that's just run, run, run my whole life, just always been told slow down, slow down, slow down. Um, you know, there's a book that I'm writing right now. And uh, this is the first time I've talked about it really to any public audience, but it's called uh, God sat me down so that he could teach me how to stand. And
0: ooh, um, ooh I love that title. Thank you. That is uh, awesome
1: he literally did he sat my ass in a chair so he could get my attention to get, attention, your, to get your
0: attention <laughs> yeah. there's there's truth to that i believe that
1: <laughs> I, I there is i yeah too much too much truth um but uh yeah he sat me in here and uh, i think we're still having conversations because we're not a we're not we're still at odds from time most days i'm still at odds i think i'm still not quite there yet but um but I, but I think as a father, you know, that God would understand, understands that better than we do, you know, no matter how many days I've yelled at him and everything I've called him. And, you know, I never wanted to be one of those why people, right? Never wanted to be why, why me, why me, you know, why I didn't want to pick on. And I never really said that and haven't come out and talked about it much. But the reality of it is, I think down inside, there was a lot of it that was almost like all right, I've been a shithead most of my life, and now I've, you know, turned my life around, and then a year later, now I'm paying for it, right, and I mean, it was that fast, I mean, I literally was an alcoholic, I mean, I go into so many, there were so many things prior to my accident that I had kind of thought I had recovered from, came through, and came over, and then all of a sudden, it's like, wow, and the accident comes, and I'm at the pinnacle of my career, you know, I'm 35, and I'm like, This is like, right when I'm starting to grind it out, I, you know, for me, this was a big accomplishment Um, and my family, you know, I hit my first six figures at 35. And that year I had the accident, that was a big one um, for for me. And, and it just, all of that kind of, I mean, everything was going so good. And, you know, I remember this is probably one of the most important things. Like I remember I was driving back from uh, Elko i was out there excuse me sorry my nose i've got allergies so bad they're driving me crazy um
0: hey it's all part of your story man Allergies.
1: yeah <laughs> yeah it's an allergy and ball my eyes out oh, but um I was in wendover and i was or what elko is coming back from elko and if you're coming back across salt flats which i'm not even gonna go into how many times i've driven across those things or just you just check out and right as you're coming out of them when you're heading east there's a there's a mountain or there's some restaurants. And anyway, there's a hole in a rock that you can see through. And I remember coming up the road and looking through coming on the freeway and looking through that hole in the rock and the moon was coming through that. And it's a little teeny, teeny hole, but I was way back and I could see it because I've always noticed that hole just right off this rock. And I don't, I don't know. And I remember thinking to myself, like, is this it? You know, is this all life has to offer? Like, you know, what kind of my purpose, like, I, like, I've got a crazy story. I thought at that point, I thought I'd had a pretty good life story, right? I'd gone through some pretty bad crap. I've, I've not even, I, I'm, I'm, I'm being really soft on this one. So we may, may want to do another one where I get into more details about what happened, like the, what my deep problems and challenges have been. And, and uh, it was, they were nasty, man. They were really, really bad. And like I said, it's, um, I'm like, I got to, I got to share my story. I got to talk to people about it. I got to let them know, you know, and or, or reach people and help some people. And I wanted to do that. And I remember asking God and saying, well, how do I do that? And uh, I think it was, uh, I don't, I, it was within a few weeks of that, that, that moment that I had my accident. And to me, that was kind of an answer to my question. Now, do I know for sh- what I'm all supposed to be doing with this yet? No, I just show up with me. I don't give a shit about anybody, what they think about me anymore, as far as my story, what I've gone through, the things I've done to myself, the challenges. Um, I worry more about like protecting my family. You know, I don't want people to criticize them for things uh, sticking around with me because I've, I went through shit, went through hell. And put prior, them through prior to this,
0: health. prior, I, to, the prior to
1: prior to accident was, yeah, was, you know, I didn't, I met my wife. That's a, <laughs> it is so crazy. I met her, you know, we were only married for barely, barely two years and two months before I had my, after I had my accident. Okay. so we've been married you know much longer we only knew each other five months before we got married so it was kind of a quick story it's like oh let's keep going like i said i always running right and i'm running 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 and then god had to set my ass in a chair to slow me down and, but wheels go faster than legs so maybe, maybe that's why he did it i don't know but um you know that that there's a lot there and and uh and then after the fact now going through everything there's so much more it's like everything i thought i had had fixed the alcoholism the mental health problems you know i, I worked out every day i was training for the spartan race i was eating well i was taking care of my body my my mental health my spiritual health, all of it you know my family first time feeling like that man right you're finally like i'm making this and um i got knocked on my ass you know you take it from there
0: So it was almost all the, all the, the recovery from that needed to happen. Well, yeah. Like you said, God knocked you on your ass so he could build you back up.
1: Yeah. I, I think so. I mean, that's because it's, it's taught me how to be humble. It's taught me humility on a level that I don't, I would have never got to, I I was an arrogant ass. I'd have never got to this level of humility, Uh, not on my own. I don't think not. It's taught me, um, compassion. I think probably the, the biggest value it's taught me is empathy. I look at others and, um, I don't care who you are or I don't care what you're going through. I don't care if it's a cut on your finger, you know, that pain, resonates in so many ways you know mentally it may not bother you much and you're over it in a few days and it's done but just the fact that the for me the the awareness of of being more empathetic was just something I never had so that was a massive eye-opener I think you know it's really helped me with my family um my relationship with my kids and stuff too just I me mean, my older daughter now and they they struggle. you know they they had some my oldest doesn't live with me. And so she's, she's really struggled. I think she's had a lot of PTSD because of it. Um, My second youngest that lives with us, she, she does, she's, she struggled too. I mean, we've all kind of gone through some therapy, a lot of therapy and a lot of family counseling. And um, you know, I, I got really mean after the accident I did really good for a few years and then stopped working or not didn't stop working, but the pain just started driving home. You know, it's like, it's like the whole water drop torture, right? You make drop water on your head all day long. Yeah. You
0: well,
1: know, it doesn't bother you the first few hours, but by the end of the day, you're like, you know, it's like a pounding headache. And that's the same, same thing. It was just, um, it's like, Oh, things are good, good, good. And, and then they weren't. And I've learned more about, I think, more about myself through this than, anything of who I am as a person you know people come up to me and it's like it, it, it doesn't bother me but being in a wheelchair you know I, I actually enjoy it uh, people come up and talk to me and ask about the ask accident or they're so careful about it you know like well, do you mind or do you care it's like I don't, you don't just ask me I'm human okay right I'm I'm, I'm just like you I'm just not as tall Right there's there's no, I mean I'm a I'm a human being you know I just just treat me like that and people are so careful with coming up and asking about stuff and I'm an open book like I don't I don't hide anything I've got a really long drawn out story that can be drawn out but there's there's a lot of critical a lot of health issues mental issues that I really wanted to push and and uh, and maybe that you know talking this out maybe that's why. that accident has kind of flushed some of those mental health things out. I think it's kind of pushed them out because it's not given me any choices, right? I, don't, I can't make an excuse like, "Oh, I've got some bipolar issues" or "I'm struggling with depression." It's like I have two choices: I can wake up and just function in the morning and start stretching and getting out of bed and take what I have left of this life and go, or I lay there and die. It's it's a shit. To get up in the morning, mornings suck. I used to be a morning guy; be up at like four thirty-five in the morning and be gone. I love mornings, and now I, they're just they're miserable. It's, it's like my body's so stiff, and it's so much pain getting up. It's just it's not a fun experience, you know. It really isn't. And so it's like now I get up in the mornings, and it's like I do not hit snooze. It's like how jump up now because it is not going to get better. I can lay here for four hours, and lay here for two hours, and lay here for four minutes is not that's that's
0: true for anyone whether you're in a chair or not the snooze is a bad idea always oh yeah oh yeah snooze is like
1: i i did a cat this is stupid but i did this off topic a little bit but that's my business mentality i did a calculation of the snooze button and like if everybody hit the snooze button one time every day work day okay so that's 10 minutes for your average snooze one time every work day for their entire work life they literally would chew up but it what was it, six and a half months yeah. of their life in snoozing. And I was just laughing. I was like, holy crap, you know, how do we anyway? I know, I know Mel Robbins has done an awesome book because of the
0: Oh, the five second uh, rule.
1: Yeah, the five second rule. Spot She's, on.
0: It's so true. Oh,
1: oh, it is too. If you can it, that that book helped me a ton. And I listened to I listened to a lot of books. I've got hundreds and hundreds of books on tape. I listen to, I love them. And, uh, you know, they're, are a passion of mine when I was driving, I do a lot of that. And, you know, that was, that was another thing kind of going into this is like, you kind of, you forget who you are man. because everything that made you, you is still there, but yeah, it has to change your world literally have to shift. I mean, I was hiking, I was getting ready for the Spartan race. I was, you know, hunting, camping, fishing. I mean, I loved the outdoors. I spent time out. I mean, I'd come home. I never stopped. I would mow the lawn. I would, you know, clean home. My wife would be like, come on, settle down. Let's go. You know, I was just one of those guys that just could never stop. And, and so the the whole, gist of sitting me down literally was, it was a, was a true point. And um, when I started looking at myself inwardly and going, you know, that, I, I guess from getting at that defined me, me staying busy and doing all that stuff and yeah, I could run circles around people and I could keep my wife happy and I could, you know, leave her little notes. And I, I mean, I had all the energy in the world and then to have all of that felt like it stripped. So all my acts of service, if you follow the five love languages kind of thing, you know, that I was providing yeah. for my wife gone, at least I thought. And, and um, you know, and that's, uh, unfortunately for me, that's, that's one of her, key characteristics right is she needs those acts of service and so she went to now being put on the front burner and having to do everything and so um you know that that just watching that from a husband and a man's side to look at that shit and go I'm watching your wife struggle and you can't do anything about it like I, I don't like to use the word can't but they're physically for me you physically
0: can't but your intentions yeah, exactly. and your motivation is still there
1: yeah like exactly and your mind's still there and it's like i remember a lot of projects like we were building a deck off of our new home and something that i would have never in a million years let anybody touch i would have done that myself by myself the whole thing i mean it's a it's a, it's a large deck it's like 800 square feet it's half the size of our home you know it's a big deck and but I would have never, it's something I took proud in. I drew the whole thing up to sign the whole thing to And then the fun part of putting it together, you know, I couldn't do that. I had to explain that. And that is where her God taught me patience. Because <laughs> yeah, she,
0: you're just like, just I'm, get into my brain and do it, damn it.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like like, why can't I just, like, why can't my hands work? You know, or how about this one? Why don't you teach me how to explain to people how to do shit that I know how to do as a profession, professional, I should say? Teach them how to do it as amateurs, and then watch me get pissed because I can't get stuff done. I mean, just pissed as hell, and my about lost my friendships, lost my friendship with my brother. I had to go get that back. Yeah, it's just like, and I realized. And it took a long time. It took a long time to understand why I was getting so angry. And what I realized, I was getting angry not at them, but what they were doing or not doing. I was getting angry because I wanted
0: to participate. You were frustrated because you couldn't do what that was your world. Yeah. yeah and I, I know was... it's not, I know you didn't. You weren't taking, I mean, you weren't angry at them. I mean, when you said you were angry at your family earlier, you weren't really angry at your yeah. family.
1: They it were was my. Yeah, it was my outs, and so everything that I was trying to, you know, chew up on the inside, they were getting the crap at the end of the day. I mean, everybody was, not just them, but not just my friends or everybody's getting it. And you know, it's I I don't I can't explain how frustrating it is to know in your head very well, very clearly how to do something and have a very clear plan in place, but then you. And you know how to do it. You have the physical capability had do the physical capabilities doing it, and then you go try and to, try and just go have an experiment and go try and explain to somebody how to do something the way you want it done and get that end result. I will. I bet that would be a damn challenge for anybody that's a professional.
0: Well, because like, then they have
1: to stand back.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's like Michael Jordan. Hey, go be a coach. He can. He can. He can do the play, but to, yeah. to go coach somebody. That's a whole different animal, whole different right. skill set,
1: and, and patience. Yeah,
0: oh, you, and I, you get really well. Were you? Have you? In terms of your communication abilities, I would assume those have come, you know, expanded exponentially, because you've had to uh, be able to communicate better.
1: Oh, right? I, I mean, yeah, absolutely. And being, sorry, my AirPods are dropping out here being a learning, one of those learning people that just would chew up like every self-help book and all that kind of stuff. I loved all those things. Um, you know, so what did I do? I was start chewing up like communication. And, and then I think what happened with the depression, what really killed, what really hit it, man, was the the biggest thing was like, all of a sudden this realization came in of how big of an asshole I was to everybody. I mean, I was, I was a freaking prick to everyone.
0: all right so so looking back did anyone ever tell you that you were before or oh yeah ever... when
1: you're that big of an arrogant asshole you don't care
0: <laughs> or do you just think it's, it's your problem not mine right
1: yeah yeah exactly you're just like well you know you deal with it i don't give a shit it's not my problem you know and, and you take and i was totally that guy i was totally did like i really didn't care like And, um, and then all of a sudden the realization kicked in of like, I was this asshole. And then as I was humbly talking to people and they were being like, they were literally telling me that I was an asshole, like perbatim. And it's like, all right, you know, thanks for the heads up. But I, you know, I do appreciate your honesty. And I did, I really did because it really made me look inward more and go, okay, if multiple people are saying this you know, what am I not getting here? Like, what am I missing? And again, that's when I, that's where the empathy kind of started coming in. I started realizing like, holy crap, I've been so focused on me, myself, that I forgot about everyone else and, or didn't care. And then the anger kept in, you know, but I was, I'm trying to figure out my own things. I'm trying to figure out my own problems. And what I really should have done at that point needed to do was talk to, you know, talk to people and ask, ask my wife, you know, what, how do you, you know, how do I get through this? But, you know, I had to do the guy thing and be, put the pride and the, put the ego up and be like, nope, I got this. I got this. I can, I can do it, put on a strong face and then come ahead and close doors and just fall apart. And that's what happened for, for last two, three years, you know, and um, literally fall apart, like, you know, from uh, alcohol came back I mean all the like everything I thought I'd got over came back tenfold and you know I had to work through these things and we're now working through it with a spouse and and, and I don't know why she's here I honestly I would have left my ass a long time ago she is she is by far and you know, she is a blessing God and I am so grateful for for my wife and my kids and and now um that I'm kind of coming out of this fog, as haze. I mean, I I sit there and watch my daughter, and I watch my family, and I just there's a love and a peace there that I I've never found ever in my entire life because I think I've just always been so focused on running and going and driving and hustling and whatever that I never quote unquote took the time to smell the roses, you know, and um, be present. Uh, that that's probably when I took my coaching classes that was the hardest courses for me was the ones to be present. And I never realized I was like, Oh, I'm present. I was really successful in sales. I was successful in my other roles. You know, every role I'd been in, I had no problem moving up and advancing in those careers. I mean, it, it just, I just, I've always been a driver and and uh, loved it, but just could not nail this one. And then as it started, the, the awareness started coming, it was just like, wow, you really were an asshole <laughs> but you know i get the opportunity i got a second chance i didn't die an yeah. asshole because yes i'm an asshole
0: sorry it says what
1: uh, uh, no, you I, have, t- I have a t-shirt that says yes or it says warning i am an asshole if you do not want to be offended please walk, turn around and walk away now i mean it's it's like it like depicts me as i've just i never realized how i grew up in a family where we're very direct and it's like sharp cutting like words. And I just, I didn't think it, anything of it. You know, we just kind of get at each other and it's over and done and shut up, move on. You know, and that was our, that was our life. Well, I didn't realize, I remember sitting in a business meeting when I was was standing at that point, just before my accident, I was a business uh, meeting. I was in front of nine store managers for Cabela's retail store. So I was doing a corporate training for nine store managers. I had, uh, I was a regional facilities director for, uh, the Cabela's retail stores and I had nine stores in of States and two in Canada. And so I was doing a, a training for them on the facility side. And I remember making a comment. I don't remember what the comment was, but I remember when the store managers laughed a little chuckled and looked over at the other guy and he's like, man, that was direct. And I just kind of laughed and kept going on. And, you know, and then I, the guy, the, the regional manager, that was not my boss, but I worked with him um, I was in facilities. He was uh, over operation or retail operations. You know, he just loved me, like picked me up like a little kid and just helped propel my career. And I could never figure out why. And then I realized later, like, as I look back at Craig, he has the same personalities that drive, drag, no bullshit, get it done. You know, let's not think about it. I'm not going to fluff it. It's like, if we got stuff to do, it's just, you know, work at it. And I never, and that was my life growing up. Right. It was like, my dad was like you know dad hey how do i do this it wasn't like here let me show you something. it was like figure it out you know just get shit done and so we just had to figure it out and get shit done and and so that's kind of how my i grew up and i never realizing how much that played over into my role as a family you know in my parental role uh business that did great because people respected that um they respected that I was not afraid to say what I what I now would probably be afraid to say because I wouldn't I don't think I would be quite as direct because I, I'm more aware of like not that I'm afraid of like or nervous about upsetting someone or pissed them off or anything but more of like I'm going to be a lot more conscious about how big of an asshole I decide to be and at what time you know I can pull that card out now and, well I guess what the fun part of what I'm trying to get out is really cool is I know when to pull the card out, how to pull the card out, when to use the card, how to use the card, and who to use the card with. And so, if that's been a gift, I'll, I'll take that. That may be being a bigger asshole, but recognizing my assholeness has been my gift from God. I don't know. Maybe that's a messed up statement, but that's just who I am. No, so I think <laughs>
0: maybe you, you have a filter on your assholeness.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah, maybe I'm wearing a diaper or something now instead of uh, <laughs> to keep the shit from spilling out after I, something pops off. But you know, that's always been me. It's always kind of me. And, and honestly, I think that driving, um, I never looked at myself as a as a person that's mentally tough. I'm like, I've always struggled. I'm like, I'm not mentally tough. And and I, I'm I don't see that like that. I don't see myself like that anymore. Um, I'm not saying I'm better than anybody or I've overcome anything. Cause I'm not, I'm still going through the shit. You know, people come up to me and be like, you're such an inspiration. How do you do it? And I want to just be like, why the hell am I inspiration? Is my wheelchair an inspiration or am I the inspiration? What makes this an inspiration? You don't know a damn thing about me. And you just walk up and said, I'm an inspiration.
0: I, I could see why someone would say that because they, they think of themselves a they may be thinking I could never do that. I could never continue like that. Like the comment I made when we first started talking, I said the same thing. I mean, I know you a little bit, but I've gotten to know you more in the last 20 minutes than I have the whole time I've known you. Right. And it's, it's that you've persevered and you haven't given up. That's, that's what I see is that you've, you've found new purpose.
1: Well, thank you. Thanks. I, I, I'm starting to kind of see that. I've struggled with it. That's kind of been some of the depression is not recognizing that purpose in myself. And, you know, I've kind of realized that that purpose is as I've asked people, right? And then I think I remember that conversation with you when you talked to me, you're like, I couldn't do that. What was probably my first statement back? Well, I know it was, would, would have come up in the conversation because I do it to anybody that asked me that question. As I say, well, tell me about your life. Tell me about your story. What are you going through? You know, I'm not going to get into you know details and some of the stuff you shared, but but the reality of it is we're all going through shit at some level, some degree. Everybody has,
0: everyone has something. Every house has a story. Every person has something that you may not just, you may not see it. While yours is very obvious to other people, right. You know, at least that challenge. I mean, you've got the other mental ones, but they can see that.
1: Yeah. And I I think, you know, I think that's maybe why people, I always laugh. I'm like, there's two things. There's two, two types of, uh, I don't know, people, mammals, whatever I laugh that uh, always are are really interested in me. It's kids and dogs. Dogs either bark and go crazy or they come over and see what the hell I'm doing. They're just always nice. I haven't run into one mean dog yet. And then, kid, which is a good thing, because I couldn't run from them anyway; they could shoot me to pieces. But on a positive note, I don't have any feelings, really, my arms and legs, so they could gnaw away while I wait for the cops to show See, up. So it's positive.
0: It's a positive perspective.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I'll be using the F word and everything else as much as you. I mean, you hear it ten blocks away, but let her have it. But uh, you know, it, it is what it is, and. Um, You know, I love hearing other people's stories and hear them tell me like, well, I'm going through this. And it's like, I guess for me now talking about it, Brian, honestly, out loud, some of the gift is uh, if I have to go through this pain and shit to help people bring joy, then it's worth it It, as, as long as they don't have to go through this. I'm a big enough asshole. I'll put a lot of people in a wheelchair, but I would never ever make anyone go through the nerve pain that that is uh, something that is very personal becoming a very love-hate relationship as it reminds me i'm still alive but yet it keeps me humble it keeps me present keeps me grounded um but uh yeah that that's the that's the shitty part
0: that's what (laughs) that's what what sucks and that's what a narrative maybe people don't know because you think okay he's paralyzed you can't feel but yet you say you feel every bit of that pain oh yeah so how does that from my toes to my head when, when you you say you know a dog could chew your limbs off and you wouldn't feel it but yet you feel all this pain
1: it's funny isn't it um it's uh it's so bizarre uh it's like everything you don't feel on the inside of your body like i can feel all that now I literally feel my food digesting and moving through my stomach. Um, I know when it's time to use the bathroom. I can feel it physically and I can, I can literally tell where it's at. Um, I, I can feel inside of my body, like just on levels. It's just so bizarre because like my legs, you know, I feel just excruciating burning um, and it gets extremely intense when the, the storms come and then spasticity to the point where like, I can't even like, I mean, it's even hard to breathe to some levels. It's, it's like so stiff. I try to transfer and like, I, I almost fall. It's just, it's just crazy. The, the, the polarity by polarity that it just, it just fluctuates with all of it. Um, but that's all internal. And that's what's so what I think has been mentally too. One of the mental challenges is how do you like, you can't see it. I've had, hundreds of thousands of dollars in tests done, um, two times before I was, you know, had my right before. And I think honestly, it's what kind of spun me into my depression is because I did all these tests was taking all these drugs, doing all this crap and nothing was working. And then it was to blatantly, basically blatantly was told, you know, you'll probably just have to deal with, deal this with the rest of your, yeah, the rest of your life. And, and I think that partly that, coming to that realization kind of, you know, sucked me into the depression on top of everything else. And, and then some medications that were on it and everything else, it just kind of sucked me into that and, uh, and pulled me away. And, um, but that's the mental side. But that was the hard part is like, man, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm, I'm healthy for the most part. You know, as I go in as a spinal cord patient, you know, and go in and talk to the doctors, and they're looking at me, and they're like, "You got a little bit of arthritis in your back," and I'm like, "If you could hold my hand and feel what I'm feeling, you would never say that. You'd be screaming for every test you could find because it's not." But the crazy thing is, when the weather's dead, and I and I, and I I'm gonna go to the weather real quick, but when the weather is like dead calm, miserable as hell, everybody's like, "Oh, it's hot and muggy," or it's cold and gray skies and you know the pollution's filling up the valleys i am like on cloud nine when it is not doing anything at all my body just it's like it um it just it just releases relaxes and that's why i know i'm okay because i have one of those days maybe once or twice a month maybe if i'm lucky where i'm in no pain all day And those days i grab my family now and i'm like we're going somewhere and they've got to know that we, we grab shit and go kids go out of school. We go because I'm in a place where I can feel good enough to do something and I'm not going to waste it working. And I'm not going to waste it going out and spending my time with others when I can spend it with the people I love. And I get a, just a short window that they can go and they know they can see it in my face. They can see it. You know, they, they know that I'm okay, that I'm feeling okay that day because I'm just i'm happy i'm 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 fun i'm i think i'm on the days like that i'm probably happier and more enjoyable person to be around than i ever have been because i think i can appreciate it those days on a level i've never been able to appreciate
0: well i okay the i've never struggled with pain other than after some surgeries in my life and i think the longest was nine days after a tonsil surgery sissy tonsil surgery so I, I cannot even imagine having to deal with pain all the time and i and i see why people get addicted to pain medications because they just want it to stop so they can function
1: so well, yeah, the fact that a, you
0: endure through, uh, that you're that's that, that's a level of commitment i i don't even pretend to know about
1: and i won't take the pain meds i uh i have addictive personality i've been alcoholic So I, um, I'm really, I'm really, I, I only take, I I have them. Um, I take them at the bare, bare minimum. Like, I mean, I have to be really, really pain, a lot of pain for me to, to break down Mm -hmm. and, and crack into them because they cause so many, um, so many other issues like bowel issues and other problems. Like, for me, I'd, I, I think it'd be hard for me to get addicted to them because they cause so many other issues with my condition that they're not worth it for me to take unless I'm like dying. And those are the times I take them. And so I've had to, you know, I've kind of found some alternative things that I use. Um, I, I like apocryphy <laughs> and the idea of it and natural, the natural... Um, healing and the properties of all those things and so i yeah. am kind of a home scientist and have my own uh, stuff i literally make my my own concoctions of pain meds and stuff like that and i function quite well on those well, every my
0: my feeling is that every form every form of healing has its place there's yeah. medicines medicines are great for what they do and but not an end-all be-all
1: yeah and i and i think we've I don't like the dullness, the medicines like right now. Um, you know, for example, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to talk this up and I don't, you know, but I, I'm really hurting right now. I'm in a lot of pain. There's some pressures coming in, but like, I refuse to take the medicines because I wanted to be present for the call. I want to be able to respond and be sharp and witty and fun and and not be sitting there and just kind of like talking to you and just, you know, you ask me a question, Brian and I respond and that's, that's how it is. You know, yeah. And when a doctor tells me that's a better quality of life, I'm telling him to shove it up his ass. It's like you go sit and do that. I'm sorry. That is yeah, not a no. quality of life. You go do that with your family for one week and tell me how much you enjoyed your life for that week. You know, it's not worth it. And there's gotta be other, I'm just one of those people. I'm not going to accept the fact that there's not a, other alternatives out there and I will hunt them down until the day I die. And, uh, or until I find something that'll work, you, you know, either way. And, um, you know, that's, I think my family has all learned to roll with that. They've learned to see the cycles and the up and down. Um, we're, we, it, you know, this didn't happen to me, right? It, I, I broke my neck. That's what happened. So the accident happened to me, but it happened to us. It happened to my whole family. It happened to everybody that know me. It happened to you, you know, you, you, you know, getting to know me now, but it happened, everybody that knew me at the time, it happened to them. Every one of my friends, that good friends, can tell you exactly where they were the day they heard, they, the day my dad called them that Sunday morning. You know, they, they're like, I remember where I was at the moment I heard, you know, my buddies I had been drinking buddies with, you know, work buddies with for 10 years, 15 years. Some friends, 20 years, lifetime friends, you know, they can tell you exactly where they're at when they have an accident. And, you know, I look at my, my wife, I mean, we were just getting to know each other, right. Two and a half years into marriage, we're a split family. That's always a challenge. Um, Luckily we have a very supportive um, group, which I haven't even gone into all that craziness, which people think we're nuts. And, but we're from Utah. So we get over it. You know, people get, they get over it pretty quick, but we have a massive support group, you know, from the accident, I'm backing up a little bit here, but this is this is really important and awesome stuff. And I've kind of forgot about, I haven't talked about it, spoke about it a long time, but uh, you know, right after the accident, Tracy's ex-husband raised about $10,000 and my ex-wife raised about $5,000 for us, you know, for for our family right after the accident, which then kicked in on a big group where Ava, which is my, my daughter, or I—she's my stepdaughter, but I call her my daughter. Her dad lives in Georgia, and um, you know, now we're like good friends. We've gone hunting together. He took me turkey hunting a few years ago. We go stay at his house when we go to Georgia to visit. We sleep in his bed. Sounds crazy, but you know what? When you when you look at the whole picture and you look at my kids, and they see this big network of people. You know, you've been to the compound, we have all the houses, you know, all of our backyards are all tied together. And you know, my brother-in-law and then his sister, uh, or his his wife's brother lives next door and all of our, you know, yards are all together and the kids run around together and run through my yard and rip shit up. And I, I shouldn't care, but I do. But anyway, it's it's fun, you know, it, it really is. And but this happened to all of you know that that knew me. And so it was really, it's just so hard to, to, you know, it's exciting because, you know, they, uh, gosh, damn it, sorry, Brian. This is, this is a side effect of, the med, of one of the medications I take. It's one of the major side effects of that I'll just be talking and then just like mid-sentence just lose everything. I don't even remember what we were talking about. So you might, your, you're going to have your, to like your compound,
0: the compound and how it happened. To everybody happened to all of you. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. And so the compound, like being able to watch everyone there and have the help and support where, you know, people can just pick me up and move me around. Um, you know, it's kind of a weird thing. They're like, Oh, you live. Okay. Let me, let me get this. So your, your ex-husband and my spouse's ex-husband, and my ex-wife, you got, you know, we've got we'd have parties together, we do lunch we or we do dinners together, you know, and it, it was about the kids, right? It's not about us. From the the moment that Tracy and I got married before the accident, it's always been like, we wanted a good relationship with our exes, even though we didn't have the time necessarily. We wanted a relationship that fostered that our children knew we still love them and that they were important, you know, not, and that was really that was really important to us. And, you know, here, okay. You talk about another blessing, you know, God's gifts. This was a gift. I got some new friends, you know, Jason, who's Tracy's my wife's ex-husband um, has become a, a very dear friend, In fact, he's been out here. He lives in Georgia, Savannah. He's been out here just in the last two months because I ate his birthday and she went to golf. He's been out here and stayed at my house, right. Three, yeah, three times. He's been out here say for a week at a time. You know, we love having him here. My, my youngest is he's uncle Jason and she just adores him. You know, when he, when he's here, we go out there. And so it, you know, it's taught me some things about life and about people. Like we're, we're all people. Like you said earlier on, we're all going through shit. Every
0: single well, house. And, and not all exes are the spawn of Satan. No, and that's typically all the, Oh, it's the X. Ugh. Uh, them
1: right yeah i don't don't want that doesn't have to be the bad word no no it doesn't and honestly it's a lot cheaper (laughs) (laughs) emotionally and you know financially and every other level you know when we when you work together it's just it's much easier and 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 really the fun thing is is like it's it's so fun now because ava is 16 and she knows the whole story you know there's there's no hiding and Jason's of he's a big personality (laughs) and so you know he never holds back on anything he wants to say or anything he does say and he's a lot of fun I have a lot of fun he's a lot of fun to be around you know when when we you know when he's here we go hang out and Tracy goes and hangs out with her friends I go hang out with her ex-husband it's crazy deal you know it sounds but Ava has a lot of fun with it. you know, Ava does. She yeah. you know, we'll joke. We even joke about the I mean, Jason Jason, you know, will joke about what caused the the uh the divorce. You know, we joke about it with the daughter and she just rolls her eyes and then she pops off and she's like, Well dad, if you wouldn't have been, you know, messing around, you wouldn't you probably still have I mean we have a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of slaughtering it on purpose, but we have a lot of fun but we get really where there's people that would be like holy shit I can't believe I mean I have an aunt I have an aunt that flat out like she hasn't really spoke to me since I told her um and she my mom talked to her about it and she thought it was so funny she wouldn't she's thought it was wrong that oh, we that were you, talking to would, the ex yeah that well, we that's were
0: that's and that's sad because because the, the, the typical ex is a nightmare but they don't always have to be and be. it's the people involved people can rise above and be better uh,
1: well yeah and we weren't we weren't uh, we weren't any golden child by any mean prior to the accident um again the blessing of the accident really brought us close together and brought us relationships you know that i got to you know know jason's parents and and meet them they're wonderful people out in georgia I meet a bunch of people out in georgia that tracy knew and and it's just created a whole new network of people and opportunities and and uh, it's just just friends i mean it's you know at the end of the day all the stuff we do and this is one of the biggest things that's kind of come to me um i was laid off in 2020 so uh luckily for me i was i was actually going to be put on furlough in 2020 when when covid really hit right you know first people they get rid of is the trainers and the coaches because they need sales you got a business that's you know a uh, $400 million your business and they're losing half a million dollars in sales and they have outside sales reps. They need those sales reps out working. So I understand, I get it. Um, and when they came to me and aff- offered a furlough, I actually asked them if I could just go on disability because what they didn't know, I mean, well, screw it. I'll just, I'll just get into the story. So, you know, through the depression and the shit I was going through, um, I, This is hard, but I'm I'm not going to hold back. Fuck it. I'm just going to say it. Like, I, uh, you know, I was I was in a shitty state, really, really bad place in uh, probably late 2019, early 2020. And um, really, really bad place mentally. uh, It's really probably some of the heart of my depression. And uh, I was drinking again on and off. Um, And, you know, I'm going to say this and I hope there's someone out there that can benefit from it. These are some things I'm careful with, but so I am one of those people that had the mental problems to the point that I was so distraught, didn't give a shit about life or anything. I literally beat myself to the point that I couldn't even see out of my left eye with my own fists. And then that was the time I decided I am, I've am i gone past my limit. I need to go check in the hospital. That was three weeks before I had to go present in front of 200 managers for three days and do coaching trainings and lessons and teach them. That happened, I checked myself in the hospital. Actually, that was two, yeah, it was two weeks. So I checked myself into the hospital and uh, they asked me to stay and I checked myself out and then flew to Chicago, presented for three days, came home, was home for about two weeks and checked myself back in the hospital again same events and um they didn't know that and had no idea because it had to be a man right i had to be this tough guy i can't can't show emotion i can't show what's really going on and so i literally beat the shit out of myself because i was so low
0: which is a challenge if you given your physical abilities oh to yeah. Do that. yeah
1: it wasn't it wasn't easy to i mean it it's yeah no it, it uh it's caused some permanent damage you know it, it really has and it's not that wasn't a, I would like to say that was a one-off event but it happened multiple times um that I don't know how long a podcast you want to go on but my prior history you know the mental health stuff a lot of it I was struggling with this was, was cutting so self what are the uh, uh, self, uh, I can't think of the, the terminology for it, but yeah, <clears throat> self-mutilation yeah, or yes, whatever, yeah. whatever it is. That, you know, you know, I've been a cutter for 25 years and then i had been struggling with mental health. And then I'd taken the roller coaster ride of all the bullshit pharmacy medications, about every one of them you can think of. And then, the, you know, they pile up the other ones. Oh, that's not working. Let's add this shit to it. When i when i when I had my accident I was on zero medications I was clear and I mean i I was finally starting to get like I said getting it all filled out and that's when I said I was you know that's where the book title came up god sat me down and he teach me how to stand because he literally had to sit me down um and that's where it was so hard is I thought I had gone through all these challenges right i thought i had beat this in fact i was so arrogant my ego was so big even after my accident i'm like ah this isn't the hardest challenge i've ever had to deal with i was such a dumbass. that was that <laughs> i i look at that now and i'm like i i just i i just cringed to even repeat that that i was even I'm like, man, I really was wearing an ass. If I can get out of the hospital breaking my neck and tell everybody nah, this ain't that bad. You know, I <laughs> you know it's, almost it's like,
0: you're, like, like you're tempting God. Oh, bring it's it It's like a it. Taunting. yeah.
1: It's like bring it on. I, Give I, me more. Like, yeah, it's like, come on, let's <laughs> let's play. I am a brawler, so I'm like let's go. And I like it. Um, I've always have been. I mean, I it was funny listening to your last podcast, talk a little bit about that. Um, which was great uh, talking about the boxer and he was talking about how much he loved about being the independent, right? Like you're getting in the ring, there is no team sport bullshit. It is you against them. And, uh, and and that's it. And, and it was funny as I listened to that podcast, uh, actually listened to it today. um, I I just love that part when I, uh, when he was, when he brought that up, because I mean, that's really how, we need to tackle life and our own challenges. Um, life isn't a team sport. There's people that are to support you, but ultimately anything we want out of life or where we go with life is up to us and only up to us. You people will jump on board and they'll help you get there, but no one's going to put you up there and just do it for you. You know, they're not going to make it happen. And um, so I always had that mentality. Like I got to drive, I got to be, I got to go, I got to be the one person. You know, my favorite sport in, in high school was wrestling. I loved it because it was a team sport, but I love the fact that it was when I got on that mat, if I lost, it was because I lost. I lost, not the team. You know, I didn't, I lost to the me. And and I loved, I, lo- I love brawling. And so not in a bad way, I love com- competition. And so I, it, you know, competitively, I just, I love, I like that side of it. And so I could really resonate with his, that mental side of being like, you know, when it's, when it's you against someone else, it's, it's just like, you have to make it happen. And, uh, you know, I was, I was laughing cause I can't, I can't remember what I was thinking about. It was in that, and that sparked the comment, but I was kind of thinking like, you know, if I'm going to come in second place, I better damn well for me, know that there's not a damn person below me that can beat me. If I'm going to come in second, I'm going to be the best second. I'm going to be number one second. You know what I mean? I was I was listening to the podcast. I was laughing, and I don't know if that makes sense, but I was laughing because I was like, "If I'm going to have to come in second, there is no way on God's green earth that anybody below me is going to be able to be, period, ever, without story." You know, that's just kind of my mentality. I I have to take second place. I'm gonna I'm gonna come in first of second. <laughs> and Out of uh, all
0: the losers, you're the first one. You're you come in yeah. first.
1: yep and no one else and if you want to get in line to try and kick my ass please do so you know and it's that's just kind of been you know that's the the strength that I think has just been a driver is I dug through this I got off the meds mental health meds um and going through all that mental stuff we we kind of got back on them again and it's the same shit same feelings I was just a human body. I was just, you know, I don't, I don't, these bodies are, these are just vessels, right? It's just a conduit. They just help us, you know, on our, on our cosmic journey or whatever, not to go all crazy on us, but just like, you know, as I learned because of having a very healthy, very capable, very competitive body that I was really proud of and was, did well, you know, prior to my accident. To now being where picking up a quarter takes me, you know, 20 seconds now, five, 10 minutes that earlier on in my my recovery, um, you know, where you guys just bend down, pick it up and walk off. And I'm like, son of a bitch. And, like, and it's just like, you know, yeah. I'll be trying, fumbling it for 15 seconds and my daughter will just walk by, pick it up, throw it in my bag. And I'm just like, it's True so you. frustrating. Yeah. Oh, oh, I want to say that so bad, but it's like, they're helping you, you know, but it's, it's hard. I mean, I, you know, that's, that's another side. That was another huge lesson. Um, a, a massive lesson in it was, uh, the help side have being forced to allow people to help you.
0: But, well, let me ask uh, you this. Let me ask you this. Based on all that you've told me and the, the personal growth you've you've gone through would you do it all over again or are you are you grateful for it or would you not have wanted to ever go through this and i asked that because i had a friend years ago that had a stroke and she ended up in a wheelchair and she called it her stroke of luck because of what she'd learned that she doesn't think she would have learned otherwise sounds like a similar story to yours but you tell me
1: No. um you know, I, I would concur with that. And I think a lot of people that find themselves in these severe traumatic situations, um, like your friend, um, like myself and many, many, many others. Um, first, there's kind of two parts to that, right? First of all, it, um, it could always be worse, right? I could always be have less function I could always have more pain. I don't know if like more, pain. I couldn't handle more pain. There's always, it could always be worse, right? That's kind of part. And then the second part is when you look back at it and like you said, like the stroke of luck, that's awesome. I love that. Um, no, I wouldn't. And I can't believe I'm even saying that, but no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it back because the man I'm becoming, um, And there's so many experiences of what things I've had that have have, have contributed to that. But the man I'm becoming now could have never happened had I not had this, something this prominent to literally sit me on my ass and make me think and and put me in a position, you know, 2020 hit, it was COVID, everybody's like, oh, it's the worst year ever, da-da-da-da-da. And 2020, I got laid off. For me, that was almost a relief, you know, because I was putting so much pressure on myself to perform at work um, and also to perform for my family. Because I was like, I don't, you know, I don't want to go on disability again. I don't want to do any of that crap. Um, And so it was a this. This is a blessing. This is a. I wouldn't. I wouldn't take it back because I couldn't be. When today, I couldn't be. I couldn't be the man I am now with the understanding and the, and, 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 and I think what's more exciting for me is I'm coming out of that. I'm, you really caught me at the, like kind of the perfect time. I'm coming out of this, this cave I've been in this, this slum of, of just like, just this, the depression. I don't, I, I, you know, you use the word depression, but it's so much deeper than that. It's just this dark tunnel of Everything, and I'm finally coming out of it. And I'm seeing the light. and I'm getting excited. I mean, I'm, I'm taking my kids out around now. I'm doing stuff. I'm getting up in the mornings. I'm getting out, I'm getting around. Um, I'm starting to, you know, I've started a couple things, but to the point of the tw- year 2020, you know, everybody's like, "Oh, was such a bad year." For me, 2020 gave me perspective. You know, 2020 and the, the vision world is perfect eyesight, right? And it gave me a chance. To literally sit there and have nothing to think about, because but everything to think about, but everything to think about, yeah, yeah, it really did. But nothing but everything, and so you know, it's taken a long time, like far beyond a year, um, from the time I was, you know, laid off to to really let my mind, my everything about work, that was my definition, that defined jet. You know, Jed was kick ass at work. You know, and kick ass what he does. And anybody that that worked with me or worked under me, you know, they may not like me necessarily as a boss, but we got everything done, and they loved working with me because I was just, I was, I, I was good on that level. You know, on the personal need side and all that, I was not great. But as far as as a boss and understanding that, and the perspective of, you know, my mindset of business and working with people, they they loved working with me, and so that defined me. And then when all that was gone. And men do this a lot. This is really tough for men because we get in our, we, we leave, right. We get into our roads. We just work harder, you know, or, or is our you know, where we want to be. So we work harder. We do whatever, but we get so defined by what we do in life.
0: Especially and what you accomplish.
1: Men. Yeah. <clears throat> that we yeah. forget that we're human beings. And then when that's all over, I see why a lot of people, when they, you know, they, um, oh, what do you, what do you call when they retire? Retire. They just struggle, you know, or they die really quickly. And especially when and they're healthy, they have time; they could live a lot longer. Um, you know, I told my wife, I've never planned to retire. I will never retire. I'm, I'm never going to retire because that means I, in my mind, I'm settling. And for me, that's not an option.
0: Let me let me let me ask this. You know, maybe if. Something that I haven't asked you that you want people to know about this. Um, hang on a second. Everything's beeping at me. Son of no, you're okay. Bitch. Ugh, I have to like shut everything off because I just get interrupted constantly. But something that you want to share with people that I haven't asked about this journey, this process, the things you miss the things you miss about your old life or if there's anything you miss about your old life or, you know, we just, I just asked you if, you know, if you think this was that you would trade this and you said you wouldn't for the man that you become. And that's one of your gifts too. I asked you all about, you know, what the gifts were. I think that's one of them is how you've Absolutely. evolved as a human. And you're probably 10 times a human uh, based, you know, based on what you described yourself, how you used to be, I wouldn't have been friends with you. At all, because I (laughs) had no no tolerance for that, in the least bit.
1: No, I I wasn't like a belligerent, like asshole to people, like straight up. Um, It wasn't like I just walked around with a big ego. That wasn't who I was. But I wasn't afraid to put people in check at a split second's notice. You know, if you popped off something that I didn't like, I would let you know. You knew whether I liked it or not. Um, So it wasn't. It wasn't like I never I wasn't like I got in a lot of fights and always was contentious, but I was never afraid to say what I was thinking ever.
0: Well that's different. That's okay. Whether it was
1: good or but it was whether it was good or bad, or this is the biggest thing, or I think I became the asshole, is it was the timing. <laughs> I just said it right then. Whether it should have been or shouldn't have been, that, that was the bad I think I look back, that was the worst part is I just didn't give her <laughs> yeah so i would just you... say it
0: no yeah and that was
1: probably not the best time <laughs> you know yeah uh, yeah and, and so when i when i when i hear like i i and i got some of the depression right it's like i was like oh i was this big ale you know and I, I like the fact you you even brought that up he's like i wouldn't have been friends with you and it's like you know you probably wouldn't have um but it's the point of like it's it really has changed me from recognizing my strengths as an asshole. That's a D style characteristic. You know they come across as very gruff and um, unaffectionate or, or or on a you know unempathetic. That's a better word. Um, that's just how my style comes through. I could go all down a rabbit hole of coaching and how you work with different people, and I love that kind of stuff. I'm obviously one time today, day, but I did learn through that process of, of of, of the coaching and training all that is like as i swung from that i recognized assholes have strengths <laughs> um they're a lot harder to tame. there's a reason there's only like seven percent of us in the whole population of the world my type of personality style uh, at least of all the i don't know millions of people that they've done the test with um that they're very there's not very kind of unique and that's a good thing because we'd all be killing each other if we didn't um, but it's it's interesting because when you learn more about like the refined a hole, in other words, the more wisdom and more mature the, the older, they um they have a lot of the characteristics that I I have now. What you know, one thing I say that I, I and I'll and I'll I'll say this real quick as one as I uh I say I've got um what is it with uh, unused not unused wisdom. Um I've got young, I've got immature wisdom. That's what I say I've been blessed with is immature wisdom. I can see a lot of people that get in their their older state of life as they get closer to death, you know, or in their their later 70s or in their 70s or whatever. I'm not saying that they're gonna die right then, but they get to that stage. And I think you view as I talk to a lot of those people, you view things from a different perspective. Um you know, your life's kind of gone. And I'm not saying my life is gone, but I've recognized when I say um, immature wisdom is I can kind of see, you know, through conversations or hear through conversations, um, the things that they're saying, like, you know, the stuff that's really important spend time with your kids, spend time with your friends and family, spend time with those, you know, be present, um, you know, be present with the people. Be present in your own life more than anything. If you're just simply present in your own life, you'll find a joy and happiness that, you know, most people never even get close to. Um, and it's so hard to do in in today's world. I mean, if I was, honestly, I think one of the biggest gifts now that we're talking out loud and, you know, kind of this type of thing is the presence. Um you know and you know to can to give people some word of thought and be present i mean i think that was the number one thing we get so distracted on our phones we got so much stuff going on you know we got i mean so much stuff So like you're a middle-aged man you know you have got kids there are uh, not just man you know husband wife you're, you're all fighting out. you've got a busy busy family i mean it's so much busier today than it was like when even i was growing up and so it's it's hard to be present, and I have found, even through my journey, I mean the pain forces me to be present. Right? It's, if I was to grab a my pen, I'm holding and stick it in your ribs, you're going to become very present really quick. Um, and maybe that's what God wanted. Maybe he wanted to perk my <laughs> perk my ears up. Well, and he got my attention um, for sure. But uh, you know, I think being present. As I sit and talk to my six-year-old daughter, um, and it's hard because I wish I would have, I wish I would have done more for my elders. My oldest daughter, she's eighteen, um, and I and I wish I would have done, I wish I'd been more present for her. And I and I felt like I was, even though I was divorced. I mean, I was traveling a lot, but I always, you know, I I took time when I when I had the time with her. I I always made it her time. You know, I was really careful. I didn't split it up a lot I made it hurt time and um but now having to sit with my daughter and and with Tracy and and Ava and my girls my family and even here like talking to you I mean just what a blessing what an opportunity and I'm I'm really grateful for it and it it just it it just reminds me to be present to you know today is today Uh, there's no guarantee of tomorrow and um you know, we can learn from what we've had, you know, we've we've been through. And I think, I think another thing about being present is part of being present is recognizing in others that you don't know anything about them, especially if you're, you know, in public. And even some of the closest people to you, you probably don't know as much as you think you know about them. Um, And I think that, having that empathy and compassion, um, coming from a place of like zero judgment, like, I mean, zero judgment, that is really hard to do. And um, at least for me, it's hard. Maybe some people it's not hard Um, for me. And it wasn't necessarily judgment, it was almost like kind of subconscious, like I'm gonna write that first off because they didn't, you know, Talk to me and they didn't basically stand up to me I mean I, I respected people that could hold their ground with me which is a characteristic of my personality style and I'm okay I can I'll own that now but you know of all of my driving and running and going the biggest thing I think I've learned out of this is is that every one of us are here to help each other and the hardest lesson but the most valuable one and this is what if i have people to do is that are listening to this and hopefully you, you know take this for what it is but the hardest lesson i had to learn through all of this brian was allowing people to help me um in the beginning i was very very stubborn and i was like nope i'm doing it on myself get the hell away from me i've got this and and I did. And I, I am grateful for being I'm grateful for that asshole coming out at me and saying, Nope, get the hell away. I'm doing this myself. I'm gonna be this kind of person.
0: It's it's selfish to not allow people to help because you are stealing their blessings. I learned that a long time ago as well.
1: Amen. It I does not mean you could have said that better.
0: Does not mean you're weak. It no and and I, I realized. If, if someone offers me something, when I was I was down and out 10, 12 years ago, and the reaction is, oh, I, got, I got this, because you don't want to admit weakness. Sure. And I realized that I was stealing their blessings. And so You're, I'm like, you want to help me? Help me. Happy. Thank yeah. you so much. Bring it. And, and, and you, you know, with you no know
1: apologies. To, no. Don't apologize. Thank
0: you. Great appreciate that and and you talked about you know the being present and i had this thought you know be present or you will have no future
1: yeah that's the truth because i mean we can look at the future all day long but there's nothing that tells us what's going to happen in the future mm-hmm. and so we have indicators and all this crap you can get it on all this, But you're right there's you know if you're not, I, that is fantastic. I can't wait. I mean, that is awesome. If you're, if you're not present, there's no future. And that there's there's no guided future, I'd say at that, at minimum, because you can't guide your future. Like for me, I was always looking in the future. I was always looking 10 miles ahead. I, and that is that is a problem. And I still do that today in my businesses and some of the stuff I'm working on. Um, I The people I'm working with are like, Jed, come down, you know, back to earth so we can see where we're at and then we'll take the next step. Um, that, that is a gift. I'm a visionary. It's a gift of mine. I can, I can look for and see a project from start to finish all the way through. Um, I do not do well getting in the weeds. Um, that's why I hire people or help people help me do that kind of stuff. Um, and so that's, you know, that, that part about being present is so important. And I, you know, and, and to help, um, you can't be present. You can't let someone help you and not be present, because it yeah. grabs your attention. When someone asks you, "Hey, can I help you?" I mean, we're immediately all of us are almost like default mode. No, I got it. I got it. We're good. But why? Why do we
0: do that for ourselves? Pride. Why it's, do we do it? Because we've, we've been trained. We've been trained. In yeah, our society. You know, we, to be that we, way. We, especially we, as a man, you've been trained to. You know, you are judged by what. How much you make, or what you accomplish, or your career, and what do you ask when you meet a yeah. guy? What's one of the first things you ask him? Yeah, hey, so are hey, hey, you doing? Eh? What do you do? Yeah, what do you right? do for work? What do you do? And I've, <laughs> what do you do? I've there's do some you guys in my neighborhood that I have never asked them that, and I feel almost like I guilty for not asking them, like I don't know them, but I don't care what they do for a living. I, I like them yeah. as humans, and I don't even ask and i have to stop myself i think one i've known him for four years and i said the other day tell me what you do again i don't think i've ever asked you but that's not one of the first things i but that's what we do as as guys generally speaking yeah
1: and that's great no that's i love that I, i i'm actually gonna steal that and really work hard on myself of not asking people what they do for a living because that's that doesn't define them that's just what they do to survive yeah and it's not the core of who we are and that's not that's not why we were here we weren't here to just work and do die. And yeah i mean we were uh, we're here to thrive and enjoy it and, and grow i love growth i love building i love watching people develop i love that um and now i've learned to really not just allow people to help me i've learned to enjoy the process i've learned to enjoy Having someone help me instead of feeling guilty that they're helping me, which is like sometimes they like shame you into it. It's like, come on, let me help you, please. And you're like, you roll your eyes, you know, and you're like, all right, fine, you can open the door for me or whatever it is, you know? Yeah,
0: you you almost want to say, yeah, won't you go, you get your friends and get them suckers lined up and you all can help me.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. If you're going to do it, we'll get them all. Yeah, I mean, I get it, right? It's just kind of uh, um, it's, it's, it's hard. It, It really, really is hard, but you know, someone asked me, they're like, I think it was a while back. They asked me like, what's the one thing, if you had one thing, if you'd pick one thing to tell people or ask people, what, what is, what would that be? And you know, this, I don't know, to me, I think the one thing for me is just to have love and compassion for one another, Um, accept people where they are at the present moment and see them for what they they want to become, not what you want them to become. You know, let them be who they're going to be. And, you know, it's amazing how, you know, it's, 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 it's this This is an easy example for me i run into this all the time right so i'm out in the store and you know i've got my daughter with me or someone you know i i can't i can't reach it right the, sh- the shelves are tall i'm short i'm like i was five foot ten and then i shrunk to like four foot six so you know i can't reach stuff and then, and then i've got my feet in front of me to get in the way of everything else i'm always reaching over that too and i ask people to help and I used to feel sorry. I'm like, sorry, can you help me? You know, do my help with me. And I can. I have had a few people turn me down, um, but there was more in cases because I don't think they realized I was in wheelchairs and my vehicle needs help with gas. And they're like, no, I'm out of here, you creep. You're in a minivan. You're a 40-year-old guy. I'm out of here. You're a creeper. Um, but in, in general, you know, when I ask people, I've learned to enjoy that process of asking them um you know hey brian would you mind helping me with this 99.9 percent of the time you're going to be like oh sure yeah sorry i did sorry i wasn't even aware it's like no do not apologizing man. it's just like and and you just jump in and we get to enjoy a, a quick little exchange and i think what i found is you know it's like i always ask people like how do you feel when you leave after someone's asked you to help them and they and you help them like people want Genuinely are good people, and they want to help. And they yep. they, they they we love we love each other. We we do we don't want to see people hurt. We don't want to see pain. We don't want to see all that stuff. And so, you know, we 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 block it. We block that emotion. We're like, no, we we won't give that to someone else. And it's like, honestly, I love helping people because it gives me such a great feeling of. It gives me a better sense of accomplishment than anything, because it's like, I just made somebody's day better, their life a little easier, you know, because they asked me to help. I may not be on my awareness toes as good as I should have to jump in and offer. But, you know, when people ask, it's amazing how much they'll they'll jump in. And I, I, I know I'm murdering that crap out of this, but long story short is I've seen that you nailed it. I, I came to my own conclusion with the same thing when it comes to helping because I'm taking away the blessings and that good feeling from those people and, you know, maybe they needed it that day a lot worse than I did or, or a lot more than I did, excuse me. Yeah. You know, they, they, and we never know how simple, like, help they walk away that day and, you know, that might have changed their life or I, I just, I feel like we're so interconnected we have no idea and so when these things happen to us like i had my accident you know and it affected it was a ripple effect that affected everybody you know everybody that knew me prior to the accident and that was you know relatively close to me um they all have a different perspective on life they are you know they deal with things different they have all said they're more empathetic they're all more you know you know they're much more like hey let me jump out and help someone or you know they just they, it's i guess I'm saying is as we go through these things all of us go through them no matter how much we think we're by ourselves or the islands we're on we're not and that you know we're all interconnected it's uh it's just amazing how it's just to me that is the most valuable gift you can give is to allow another person to serve you, um, and but instead of apologizing for it, uh, being grateful that they that you had the opportunity to be you know be a part of it to to be the one you know on the receiving end that they you know that they they served you and um you know I've made some really really great relationships from from simply having to ask people being forced to tuck my head bow my head and be like know, oh, pardon me sir ma'am can you help me you know would you mind helping with this and um that's a tough that's you know you you hit an ego and I love what Wayne Dreyer says about the ego uh you know ego stands for edging God out and I love that I I, I agree with that 100% that it, whether you believe in god or not you know in the spirit or whatever you want to call it it definitely it'll it, it pushes away your ego you know i have a question that i asked uh, somebody in a coaching thing that one time and uh, i asked a lot of people this, this and i posed this to our audience i would love to pose this to your audience not my audience part <laughs> see i speak in terms of anyway it's
0: ours it's ours today
1: <laughs> okay, okay our audience today i'll pose it to our audience how much is your ego costing you? How much is it costing you in your relationship? How much is it costing you in life? How much is it costing you financially? How much is it making? You know, sometimes, I mean, and what is the trade-off? Um, because the, I think the ego keeps us alive on some levels. It gives us the arrogance that we can withstand about anything um, It makes us bulletproof. And I think that we have to have that to some degree to survive. But also, on a, on a bigger picture, I think the larger side of it is what does it really cost you when you – you know, I play – here's a fun fun example for you to throw this one in. I play poker. I love poker, right? I love poker because I love the fact it's the competitiveness of paying one-on-one. I like the game. I like the – the. Uh, and I, I like Texas Hold'em. I like Texas Hold'em because of, you – there is a, there's a, there's a pinnacle of luck, but there's also a lot of, a lot of strategy. You know, there wouldn't be, or the same people wouldn't keep winning the same, you know, uh, competitions over and over again. So I love playing poker, but the one thing I like about poker is um, you have to become really, when you have an ego and you start betting up, every time I lose my ass, every freaking time I've started taking a tally because just for fun and, Every time I lose my ass, when I drop my ego down and I only play strict, just only play what I know, play the good cards. And then, you know, I do have to, you got to rely on a little bit of luck in in life, just like anything else, but same poker, rely on luck. But when I play it right, if I leverage where I'm at at the table, you know, if there's a high bidder or someone that's really pushy on the one side of me, you know, how do I leverage pushing them out? It's, it's a fun, I love the game. I love the strategy. And, um, you know, but, but I've found I've tested the ego theory, even in the game of poker, (laughs) and that is where it fails miserably. The ego does not do well in the game of poker. You may get lucky and hit a few good hands, but overall, long-term, every single time I've done well, and, you know, I don't, I don't play for money. I just play for fun. Every time I do really well and you know get real high chip counts, whatever you want to call it, you know, is it's always been when I've lowered that ego and I've just played with no ego. But every time I'm like, oh yeah, I got you, I got that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get that, goes out the window. So anyway, it's kind of fun, but it's crazy how much it impacts our lives and the damage it does.
0: Well, <clears throat> which is i guess that's why we were here a long time to to figure out how to improve and and get better at everything we do and become better humans for other people around us and so so i i appreciate you uh coming on and sharing this has been quite a story and i appreciate you taking the time to share it with my audience and um and how can people reach you if they wanted to to connect oh
1: um uh, you can call, call me. I'm good. I'm good. Call a text. I mean, I really, I'm great. You can call me on my phone number. Um, 801-808-3994. Or you can put it, whatever you do with it. Um, and get all to me then. Um, call me, text me, email me. Um, I can give you my email link and you can do whatever, okay. attach it or yeah. you need to um, Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one question, one thing you have on here, if you've got time still that we didn't talk about, um that it just says you know are, are you on a plateau I don't
0: know what, Um oh yeah one of the questions yeah we have about six minutes before we get cut off again but it says are you at a plateau physically or are you still rehabbing strengthening uh and no I, I know mentally you're probably still always growing was the question yeah
1: yeah and that was a great concept um real quick to, to answer that uh, yeah you have to keep growing you have to keep moving forward and I wanted to get to it for this reason um, is yes I'm, I'm moving forward I'm not back to work but I have uh, you know I had a, a really neat experience to change my life and literally bucked me out of that um, depression that I was in and got me back to life again and that was my hunt and that experience that those people took me on and you know that could be a whole nother that could be part two of all this you've heard a lot of what's happened before and kind of dealing with the, the the day-to-day stuff but really you know the next level is is leveling up and and uh i've gone through hell with long-term disability and social security you know they basically it's a rig system they keep you i mean i, I lost lost hundred sixty thousand dollar life insurance policy because i went back to work and made 1100 bucks it was written in the policy that if I returned to work within a two-week time frame, then then uh, they didn't need to. And I was good enough, and I was went back just mentally to try to make myself feel better. That was a whole reason I didn't. I, I was driving an hour one way, Brian. I wasn't making a dime. I was making thirteen dollars an hour. You know, I, I wasn't doing it for the money. It was to f- feel better, right? and Get out and, um, yeah, that's. It. <laughs> They pulled it, so I lost that, and it was like, "You you freaking kidding me!"
0: And because you you need it, that's why they pulled it. Yeah, if you didn't need it, you could probably get away with it.
1: Yeah, and so now I've got to create my own life for my family. I've got to create my own, you know, retirement, everything else, and and we're doing that. And we started the foundation. Um, I can talk to you more about this if we get cut off, but we did start a foundation to help people that are in wheelchairs or disabled mentally or physically, not just not just physical disabilities. We want to get you out and um, we take people and we do all sorts of activities from camping, outdoors. Yes, there's hunting and fishing involved or shooting events, but we're building a culture of people to, I say hiking <laughs> and track chairs. I can talk more about that later, but uh, we're we're building a foundation of a, a group of people that um, it's called Disabled Sportsmen, and it's for all those you know, not just vets, not just anybody that's struggling mentally or physically with a disability. Um, we're, we're creating a culture of people that we can support, not only you, but your families too. Because I have said many times this call that affects our families, or, you know, we get the benefit or we're the benefactor of most everything, but it, which is sad because just like everything that comes with this without our caretakers, we're nothing.
0: Yeah. That makes sense.
1: You know that, you know, that you've got struggles. I know that you're, you know, you've had some challenges in your own family and, and and whatnot that you can understand that caretaker role probably far beyond what I can. Um,
0: Yeah. I don't know if I, it's, it's pretty mild compared to yours, but, um, uh, but you know, Everybody like say everyone's got something. No,
1: don't, don't 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 downplay it. It's not it's still not easy, you know. And
0: no. But anything uh, worth it is like, isn't easy. You're it Yeah.
1: Yeah. There is a lot of truth to that. And I, I it's a cliche statement people think but...
0: cliche I've doesn't never... mean it's wrong. <laughs> That's right. It's just because we right. use That's it all right. the time doesn't mean it's yeah. any less valuable. Exactly. I
1: agree with that. I I love that. I like when uh, that's what I was trying to get up with that, bringing it up. And these people say, oh, it's, uh, we always hear that. But because yeah, you, it's
0: a, you hear, it's a reason you hear, you're just There's it, a reason. It's probably, probably good.
1: What is it? Truth? What is that? What Winston Church sales, you know, said, or something like truth, never, you know, the truth will always uncover itself. It will yeah. always there. It's always there. And, it. you know, there doesn't, doesn't have to ask for, respect or anything. I don't know, I can't remember the whole comment, but it was really, mm-hmm. really good statement. But, uh, um thank you brian this is this has been <laughs> this has been fun i've enjoyed it i on out has got my gears like winding up going all right i really need to write my shit down and get it get it together and put it in the put it in the book because um yeah absolutely man there's there's a lot of stuff to go to it
0: well you so, got a you got a heck of a story and and you know you can help a lot of people with even if it's one but I think it'll be more uh, people dealing with, you know, if someone's got a. They may not be going through something as mag, you know, on the magnitude of yours, but they may have something, and they'll look at your story and go, "He can do that, and I can do anything." So if they,
1: if, they, if someone gets that out of this, just one person, then to me it was worth every bit of it. Like well, I've it. I already pain. feel
0: that way, so you, it's for what that's worth.
1: Oh, thank uh-uh. you. All right, I. I I always tell with Tracy, you know, when I do all this stuff and speak and do these things, like I just that's my big thing. I just I want people to want them to feel better. I want them to have a happy and enjoyable life and and you know I really want that for people. And it's it's hard. I mean, it's 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 hard to have it's it is, but it isn't, you know, but it we're 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 conditioned one way our whole lives. And then all of a sudden we hit reality one day and we wake up and go, oh, I got to figure this shit out. Yeah, and, and I don't think we ever do, but.
0: Well, yes, I, I did, I disagree with that. I think we do. Uh, and, and sometimes we think of figuring shit out as we've got it all figured out and we've perfected it. And I don't believe that. I think perfection is continually ch- striving to be better. That's what figuring it out means. It means you got to keep figuring it out. I love that. I
1: freaking love that.
0: Just like, call me a poet. No, that's great. Know?
1: No, that's awesome. I mean, you're, you're just a Van Gogh in your own right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> right. That's awesome. No, it really is, though. That, that's how it is. That's what it's about. Um, what do they say? You know, without failure, we have nothing so yeah
0: the opposition and all things to help you learn and help you appreciate but right well if if i'm calling myself a poet it's about time to wrap this this puppy up i'm not i'm not a poet but uh but thank you again sir for your for coming on i really appreciate it and uh, i think we will do another follow-up uh uh, like you're suggesting some of the things you're working on and and the day-to-day things you do to to keep going I think that'd be a great uh, part 2 of this. Yeah, anytime. I would
1: love it and thank you for having me on. It was a uh, was a pleasure. I'm excited to how it comes
0: out. Yeah, well, all right. I'll let you know, man. Okay. All right. We'll probably gonna drop any minute here, I'm sure. Oh, we got 3 minutes left, but I just canceled it. All right. I turned turn off the recording, but anyway. Dude, thanks so much. I, that was awesome. Um and wow. I will I will not I will I will buy a subscription to this freaking Zoom so we don't have to keep doing that because that's that's so hard for me to get back in gear.
1: It, it is hard. Ten really. times longer to edit
0: it, <clears throat> especially stuff like this. You know,
1: you just get in a flow state and then it gets cut off. Yeah, I just I know that just kills and it. I think it's hard. Yeah,
0: but but yeah, I should have. It, I usually get these out every week, so next Monday it'll be oh, ready. Oh, cool. So. Like that one that you listened to today, I did it last Monday. But that oh, was that, that was my shortest one ever. Shortest interview was only 18 minutes. Yeah, it was yeah, pretty quick. I, I never do anything less than an hour usually. So it's just hard. You can't. Um so. Yeah, it's it's tough. Like
1: it's especially stuff like this. I'm just yeah knowing like my my coach that I used to work this is I'm doing an interview with her tomorrow. I she's like got up for an hour but she's got like 15 really in-depth questions i'm like there's no way in hell we're gonna get through these
0: because <laughs> the come, I, I used to script it all out and have every question but i got so hyper focused on the next question i wasn't listening to the answer so i stopped right. doing that i mean, i have a general outline but it, it's it, you just want to let the conversation go and and it helps me listen because listening is a challenge
1: well that's part of being present right that's what yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a challenge for me too. I mean, it's that's what presence is so important, mm-hmm. but it's so hard for people to do it. It really is.
0: Yeah, it's a new skill. We'll learn it. But. Thank you again for listening to the Parish the Thought show. We would love your comments and feedback on our website at slash feedback if you love or hate what you hear, please give us a rating on whatever platform you find us. You're still here? Click on the next episode for more from the Paris the Thought Show.